Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you and we bless you. We honor you this morning. Lord, and I thank you that in each and every home, Lord, you are bringing your presence and your spirit to us. Lord, I ask that over these next few moments that you would speak clearly through me. Lord, I commit myself to you in my heart and my words. And I say, Lord, for all of us, I pray that you would open the eyes of our spirit so that we could see you in greater light and in greater measure. Lord, I pray that you would open up the ears of our spirits so that we could hear what your spirit is saying to us right now and saying to the church worldwide. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts that we could receive all that you have for us, all that you want us to have. Every revelation, Lord, every, every nugget of wisdom, every spirit of truth wrapped up in your word. Lord, we thank you that we will be able to receive it today. Lord, touch our hearts, bring healing to those who need it right now, God, and change us and transform us, Lord, as you use us for your glory in this time, in this season, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, or your phones, this may be a little bit challenging for you if you're watching on your phone, so maybe you have to actually get out your paper Bibles this morning and turn to Exodus chapter 9. Exodus chapter 9. I want to preface things real briefly and say that I know that this may be a challenging message. I, I know that there's tons of encouraging words that are going forth all over the place, and I've, I hope you've been encouraged even by some of our devotions and, and different things that we've been sharing. Maybe other people, I, I've seen a ton of encouragement going on, and it, 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 it's tough sometimes as a pastor when you get a word like this as you're seeking the Lord and, and he wants to talk to you about something a little bit different that perhaps at first glance, hear me, this is at first glance. This is an encouraging word, but at first glance, it's not going to seem encouraging. It's not going to seem like, oh, what about the love of God? What about, what about the things that I, I, I need to feel his, his, his goosebumps right now? This isn't that kind of a word right now. This is a word that is going to allow our perspectives to come higher so that we can fully embrace everything, everything that he's wanting to speak. Do you know that God is a God of many attributes this morning? He's a God of many attributes. Yes, he is loving. Yes, he is truthful. Yes, he is all-powerful. Yes, he is all-knowing. But you know what? He is also a God of wrath. He's a God of justice. He's the God of many things. There's many faces to our Lord and many faces to our Savior. And I want you to see that even in the midst of all of it, it shows the beauty of who he is. It shows the beauty of who he is. As I've been, been praying about this, this whole situation, I've been really asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want to show your church right now? What do you want to show your church right now? Because, yeah, you could look at it from the outside and, and easily say, okay, yeah, you know what? He can easily turn anything that is meant for evil and turn it for good. What does he want to do right now? We've stated before, yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's events that have been canceled. There's, there's, there's sports that have been canceled. There's, there's different things that have been canceled, opening up time for us to, to focus our energy and our lives on something different. 
we, we, we've had to cancel school and, and, and different things all across the nation, and now our families are at home. Many of us, for the first times, all together for prolonged periods of time. And can I say this? You know, you're, you didn't become angry or you didn't become frustrated just because of this situation. Can I tell you that this situation just revealed something that was already in your heart? That may not be an easy word for us to swallow, but whatever was already inside is what's coming out now. And I'm saying this to me because I've had moments where I've gotten angry this past week. <laughs> Just yesterday, we were doing some yard work, and, and after being, some, uh, being so, so close with each other throughout the, these weeks and having to devote so much more to, uh, specific attention uh, to our children in certain ways, one way or another, um, and, and direct them and, and let them come into an understanding, okay, this is why we are isolated right now. You have to constantly remind them, and I know some of you understand what that's like, because it's, for us, we get it. We, we understand where we're at, but some of our smaller children will keep on asking the same questions. Well, why are, why are we here? Why aren't we doing X, Y, Z? And so we were, we were out in the yard, and, 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 and we, were, we were working, and working really hard, getting, getting stuff cleaned up. And I was, I was getting frustrated. My, my weed eater wasn't working. The, the, the bolts started flying out of the thing so the guard wouldn't work. And it was just one of those moments you're like, couldn't this just work right now? Couldn't this just be easy? Couldn't this just be easy? And so all of a sudden, I see my son. I love my son. I really do. And hear me. We made up what I'm about to tell you. We, we had a good time, and we, we apologized to each other. But he comes out. He, he, he gets the lawnmower, and he starts it up. And I'm like, buddy, not right now. Not yet. We're not ready for that. I got to do this first. Can't do that. And he, he didn't want to listen. <laughs> and in that moment... It wasn't like it was a big deal that he wasn't wanting to listen. Honestly, he, what he was trying to do is he was trying to help. He really wanted to, to, to earnestly help us get things done, and he couldn't understand why he had to wait. And so I'm there, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with this weed eater, and he's trying to do that, and finally I drop the weed eater, and I'm like, son, you know, I let into him a little bit. I said, why aren't you listening? Why can't you just obey? And I didn't, I didn't hit him, I'm, I'm letting you know, like, you, you guys know me, I'm not, I'm not one that easily goes off the handle, but what I realized was there was some things being built up this week, and all of a sudden I took it out on him, and I felt so bad, but immediately as those words were coming forth, I could see myself, and you idiot, <laughs> you know, this is, this is not who you are, this is not the nature of Christ, and I bet for many of you this week, you've probably experienced something very similar. Maybe it was with a spouse or, or, or another loved one or a coworker or a boss or something like that. Maybe it was the simplest of things that, that normally, on a normal day, it wouldn't have frustrated you. It wouldn't have set you off. But because you've been in a concentrated place for a, 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 a prolonged period of time, all of a sudden some things are being revealed. And I believe that that is the same way that the Lord is wanting to see the entire church right now. He's wanting us to see where our hearts at, are at. He wants us to see where our hearts have been. He wants us to see that in these moments of pressure, in these moments of, of uncertainty, where's our faith? Where's our trust? When you are uncertain, when you don't know what tomorrow holds, do you really have faith? Will you really trust him? When he speaks one word and he doesn't repeat it, will, he, will you still listen? Will you still obey? 
In the book of Exodus, I started studying the different plagues that had been uh, during the time of Moses as he was delivering the people from Egypt at the command of the Lord. And I was looking through different passages in the Old Testament as pestilence had come through and famine had come through because I want you to know, this isn't the first time that our world has ever seen a disease. This isn't the first time that our world has ever seen any type of pestilence or any type of uh, anything that would be considered harmful to a mass population. In fact, this would be one of, one of many. There's been Ebola before, there's been H1N1 in recent years, all these different flus, there's been HIV and AIDS, there's been, uh, there's been polio, there's been all kinds of different diseases that have gone across the, the face of the earth, the, the Black Plague and all these different things. And what can I say? Are we still alive as humanity? Has it not wiped us out? Can I say that time and time again, there's been those that have survived, and I'm not making light of any of this this morning. I'm not trying to say that I'm making light of anybody that's been inflicted or infirmed during this season. I'm not saying I am not, I'm not uh, compassionate towards those that have lost a loved one during this season. No, I am I'm grieved in that, in that sense. But what I want you to know is that we have a God who is completely faithful. We have a God that is above what we usually picture him as. And in, in, in fact, if we look back even further at Genesis, we are going to get into Exodus, I promise. If we look back into Genesis, we see that he created a world free from all sickness. He created a world where we were in complete fellowship. We didn't have any social distancing. We didn't have any times of isolation. God's perfect plan and design was for us to be with him, in perfect union with him, dwelling with him, and living under his will, under, under, in obedience to him. And, and what did we do? We decided in that moment, as, as, as humanity, you can try to blame Adam and Eve as much as you want, but if we were in the same situation, I can just about guarantee you we probably would have made the same decision. We probably would have made the same choice to choose to not be like God because we were already like God, but actually choose to be our own God, to be one that isn't submitted to God, to be one that is, that is completely separate from him, that, it, that we could do something better. And so you see humanity in a place and in a position where the people of God that God has chosen Israel, he has chosen this people, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, and they're under the oppression and under the whip of, of Pharaoh for many, many years, and all of a sudden God sends Moses on the scene. I want you to see something here. Look at verse 13 of chapter 9. It says, so the Lord said to Moses, excuse me, <laughs> actual verse 13, <laughs> Then the Lord said to Moses, rise early in the morning. This is the seventh plague that has fallen before them. Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. For at this time I will send all my plagues to your very heart and on your servants and on your people that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Now, if I had stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, 
then you would have been cut off from the earth. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. As yet you exalt yourself against my people, and that you will not let them go. Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause very heavy hail to rain down, such as not has been seen in Egypt since its founding until now. Therefore, send now and gather your livestock and all that you have in the field, for the hail shall come down on every man and every animal which is found in the field and, it is, not, and is not brought home, and they shall die. For he who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his livestock flee to the houses. But he who did not regard the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field. The story continues, and you, you know what happens. The, the, the plague comes, and the hail comes, and it's a, it's a crazy, crazy type of a situation. I thank God that we're not seeing that right now. I thank God that we're not seeing a, a plague of, of hail coming down and, and killing us, or any of these other plagues for that matter. But what I want you to see, or begin to see, is what's going on in the heart of God in this matter. I am not for one moment saying right now that God has sent a plague or the pestilence of the coronavirus. No, what I am saying is the fact that all of humanity left God in the garden, that for, for, from now until the Lord redeems everything, that we are going to see disease, we are going to see death, we are going to see corruption because, because sin has its work. And in fact, if God is a just God, it's only in his mercy that we have not been wiped out to this point. You need to understand that in this moment. Yes, God is loving. Yes, God is all-powerful. Yes, he is merciful. And in his mercy, he has not wiped us out. Even in, in this plague that, that I just read to you, Moses is telling Pharaoh that the Lord has, has held things and refrained from you. He's, he's already had six plagues and it hasn't totally wiped you out. He's already had six times of being merciful to you, saying, let my people go, because that's my will. But nonetheless, he knows what's already been inside of Pharaoh's heart. I know there's much debate on, did the Lord harden Pharaoh's heart? No, he basically just expedited the process because he knew what was in Pharaoh's heart. And I'm telling you right now in this season, what is in your heart is being revealed. What is in your heart is being revealed. Can I tell you what God's plan for you is in this moment? The same plan that he had for Pharaoh. He said in verse 16, But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, that my name may be declared in all the earth. That is the purpose for every human being, that God would show his power, that he would show his name gloriously in all the earth. And I don't know about you, I want God to show his power mightily through me. I want him to show his glory through my life, in my family, in my city. I want to see his glory made, made famous in all the earth. You see that, that, that Pharaoh's heart began to be, be hardened even more, and, and he didn't do anything. He watched as these things were happening. But there were some that were in his camp that heeded the word of the Lord and they were protected. They were protected. 
I'm telling you, sometimes we need to heed the word of the Lord. Sometimes we need to heed the warnings that are coming before us that we would easily want to say, no, that's not from God. No, that's not from God. That would be upon the cross and bore our sin and bore our iniquity. He has not dealt with us according to our sin. I have already said this, and I will say it again. If we were to go, if God was completely just and acted completely without having any mercy, without having any love, we would be wiped off of the face of the map. There would be no humanity. Every one of us needs to come, even in this moment, when we're seeking for some sense of peace when we're seeking some sense of, of pleasure or some sense of normalcy in this moment, do not for a moment think that you can have that and not understand that there is sin in our lives and in our nature that needs to be dealt with. That there's things in our nation that need to be dealt with. I had weeped and I had cried over this nation saying, God, what is going on in our nation? What is going on in our nation? How can our nation turn to you? I am one that loves being one that gives the water to those that are thirsty and being an arm around those in times of need. And that is part of who we are. But as an overarching picture in this season right now, the church, we need to awaken and we need to arise to the fact that there are many that do not know that they are living in sin, even in the church. Even in the church, because we proclaimed a message of love, a message of mercy to the extreme, to where we no longer deal with the aspects of sin in our lives, the things that are in our heart that we have hardened ourselves to. And just like myself, when I was out in the yard, weed whacking, all of a sudden the sin nature began to rise up in me and anger came forth. Anger came forth and all of a sudden I realized that thing, that thing that was ugly, the thing that I had submitted myself to and I had to, had to repent to my son. That same way in our lives right now, there's things that we have given ourselves over to. As a t an entire society, we've given ourselves over to greed. We've given ourselves over to lust. We've given ourselves over to all these things that the Lord has said, do not touch these things for they will condemn you. They will condemn you in his mercy. We have not been struck down in a moment. In his mercy, yes, that is the message of love that we need to receive in this moment. That in his mercy, he has not struck down the entire world. He has not struck us down when we have profaned against him. In his exceeding righteousness, in his exceeding mercy and his grace to us, we can walk in this freedom of knowing that we have a God in heaven that loves us but all, all the more, we need to recognize that still, God is a God of wrath. And there will be a day when all of us will come to a place of judgment. All of the world will be judged. This is not that moment. Hear me. This is not that very moment. You don't need to fear. You don't need to fret. I'm not speaking hell and brimstone to you. I'm not, I'm not trying to proclaim that, that this is the end of the world as we know it and you need to just do whatever. No, I'm saying that every second of every day we need to be living in light of eternity. I'm saying every second of every day we need to be living in the, the recognition that we have a God in heaven who is pure, who is holy, who is set apart, and we cannot come to him with filthy hands. We cannot come to him with tainted hearts. Turn with me to the book of Romans real quick. The book of Romans chapter 1. This is a season where we're proclaiming and declaring, yes, we need to rise in faith. We do need to rise in faith and not react in fear. 
Absolutely, absolutely. But pick up in verse 16 where it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. We shall live by faith, but let's continue on. Often we will stop there and just simply say, yes, I will live in faith. I will live in light of this gospel. I will receive this free gift, this merciful gift. Yes, receive it, but if we don't know the rest of it, you cannot truly cherish the gift that you have. Verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and the Godhead so that they are without excuse because although they knew God they did not glorify him as God nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and, fool, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made from incorruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up to the uncleanness, in the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Can I tell you, that's not an easy word to swallow. But can I tell you, that's where our nation is at today. Just like Pharaoh's heart was hardened, but he saw the Lord. Can I tell you, Pharaoh believed in God. Can I tell you that Pharaoh believed in the Lord? Can I tell you that when Pharaoh woke up that morning, even though he didn't respond and take things in, he was looking for the hell to come? Can I tell you he believed in God, but more than anything else, he believed in a lie. More than anything else, he believed that he was more powerful. He gave himself up to the foolishness of the wisdom of his mind and his might. He thought that he had everything. And can I tell you, as a society, we must be careful. We must be careful with all our technology and our advancements. I love our medical professions. I love those that are, that are working towards cures for diseases and all of these things. But can I tell you that there's a danger when we think that that is where we must rely, that that is where we must place our trust or our faith or our hope, that we can place our trust even in, a, in the best wisdom of the minds of the age that we can act in, and respond to this crisis in this way, that it is the best way? Can I tell you that only God will be able to speak the things that are true? Only God will be able to speak to the things that will bring transformation to our hearts and that, to our lives? It says that in, in verse 18, those who suppress the truth, can I tell you, those that have the loudest voices even in media today, they have suppressed the truth. They can see the truth, but they run and suppress the truth. Why? Have you ever suppressed the truth? 
Have you ever gotten into a situation where you knew you've done something that was wrong, but you suppressed that truth for fear of what? For fear of being known, for fear of being found out, for fear of the consequence of knowing what had happened if that truth would be revealed. You can see it in a child who has taken a cookie from the cookie jar and still has the chocolate on their lips. And you ask them, did you take that cookie? And they go, mm-mm, uh-uh, not me. You already know the answer. You already know the truth. But they suppress that truth. Why? Because they're afraid of the harm that could come if they were to tell that complete answer. I'm telling you, that's the way the world is acting right now. We're suppressing the truth because we know we are fallen humanity. We know we have succumbed to greed. We know we have succumbed to every single lust of the eye, the pride of life. We know we have succumbed to these things. We have hardened our hearts as Pharaoh did. Even though we also have heard that God has a perfect plan for each and every one of us. That we are to declare his glory and we are to declare his name to all the earth. That he desires to dwell in us and work through us. That's God's perfect plan, but for some reason, we continue to suppress the truth, to suppress the truth, all the while allowing the wrath of God to wait upon us. Can I tell you that that is a merciful God? In his mercy, he does not come down and smite us. In his mercy, he does not come down and do these things. There will be a day, there will be a day, but again, today... It is not yet that day. In 1 John 2, 15 through 17, it says, Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Let me say that last line again. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. He lives forever. Can you see all the wisdom of man? Can you see all the pride of life working so hard to preserve life right now for this this age? Working so hard to preserve the life during this season of eternity. Can I tell you, if we need anything more than anything else in this world right now, it is to have an eternal mindset, to know that we are just passing through, that we are foreigners and we are sojourners in this life. Do not fight just for the life that is here in this age. We must fight for the life that is eternal, to do the will of God, the one who sent you and created you. That is our design and that is our purpose. Then we will live forever. Then you don't have to worry what happens to your body. You don't live foolishly. You don't just simply end your life because of that knowledge. No, that would also be foolishness. But we walk in a sense of knowing that the purpose and the plan of God is to allow us to live forever, to live with him. Rust and moth destroy a lot of different things. A lot of us have lost perhaps money in the stock market. A lot of us maybe have lost jobs and different things, and it's a season that we're in. I'm telling you, it's a temporary season. But I start, this verse started out about talking about you are not of this world. You are not of this world. 
Can I tell you that you can walk in such a way that you know that your God takes care of you? That you know, just as Kendra shared in a devotion earlier this, this, this week, if you saw it, if you haven't, go ahead and look at it, that he cares about the birds of the air. He cares about every single creature. Does he not also care for you? He cares for us. Do not love the things of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That needs to be the, the, the understanding within our hearts. That we don't love our lives even unto death. That we don't love the things of pleasure, the lust of life. More than we love our Savior, our God. He knows us. He knows our frame. He knows our beginnings. He knows our coming in and our going out. He is the one who is forever merciful. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. But just real quickly, if we don't recognize that again, God is a God of love, God is a God of mercy, but he is also a God of wrath, we cannot truly accept this gift of love, this gift of mercy. Let me describe it to you like this. Picture a man who's going on a date with, with somebody for the first time, and he goes on this date, he goes to a restaurant, and he sits down with this, this girl, he, he finds her very attractive, they begin to have great conversation, they laugh together, time passes and they don't even realize how long the time has been. They're just having a tremendous time, all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're at a great place and this man, he steps away from the table and he, he gets so excited, he has a great relationship with his mom, so he gets on the phone, he's like, mom, I think I found her, I think I found her, I think I found the one, I think I found the one. And his mom calms him down and says, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, using, using wisdom, I, I, I'll celebrate with you. We'll take it one step at a time. But nonetheless, while he's on the phone, in this restaurant, all of a sudden, another man comes to the table and, and sits down, sits down at the table. And, and, and she starts talking to him and smiling and laughing just the same way that, that she had laughed with him a, a few moments ago. And they begin to be cutting up and she's smiling and she looks at him the same way. And this man on the phone is just saying, huh, that's strange. What's, what's going on? And then he gets up and leaves, and lo and behold, there's another man that comes to the table and sits down, and the exact same scenario plays out over again. And you see this, this woman just smiling, saying, yeah, laughing, cutting up, sparkle in her eye, making him feel good. This man thinks he's found the love of his life as well, and all of a sudden, this, this first man who was on the phone says, Ma, never mind. Hangs up the phone and realizes that what he had was not of any value. Why? Because what she was giving was the same for every single person. Regardless of who they were, there was nothing special about it. I'm telling you, there's an aspect of God that we need to recognize that he is not always loving in the sense of our natural understanding of love. He is not always one with a smile on his face laughing at us. There are times when he is the God who he is. He is the holy God. He is separate. He is to be feared. He is to be adored. He is to be worshipped. 
And in that regard, if we understand that one of his attributes is an attribute of wrath, is an attribute of these things coming to us, we can understand all the more that when he comes in love and gives us mercy, it is something to be celebrated. Why? Because he's not one that everyone that comes to the table just simply gets love. Everyone that comes to the table simply gets that mercy. No, there's a time and there's a season for us to walk in. Those that confess with their hearts and confess with their mouths and believe in their hearts that he did die on the cross for their sins and accept Christ as Savior, Lord of their lives. Those are the ones that can walk in that love and that freedom. We are the ones that can walk in the fullness of knowing who God is. I'll close with this, and Mike, I'll ask you and the team to come. We'll end our time in a, in a time of worship and blessing over, singing blessing over you. But I want to say, in this season, there's a lot that's going on. And none of us like trials, none of us like adversity. None of, our, none of us like wilderness experiences but all of us who have come out of a wilderness experience or a time of trying, a time of testing, a time of knowing that he is the potter and we are the clay and he is forming us and making us into more and more of his image and into who he's fashioned us to be. Check out Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. Read through there and see what the Lord says about that. There's some things that we need to recognize, just like when you build a cake. How many of you have ever built a cake? Baked a cake. <laughs> built a cake, baked a cake. <laughs> How many of you, okay, tried to is probably the underlining thing. You know, some of you may have done something well. But have you ever seen the ingredients that go into a cake? Are they all sweet? No, no, they're not. If you were to just take the sugar and perhaps the milk or something, maybe you tasted it, that would be sweet, right? That would be okay. But if you mix the flour and the baking soda, that would be bitter. If you mix some of the spices, some of these different things all by themselves, they're not good to the taste. But somehow, when you mix all the ingredients together and they go through a, a, a process where they're, they're blended and they're, they're massaged and they're, they're put into a mixture and then placed into the oven, placed into the heat, all of a sudden that smell, that aroma begins to come from that, that mixture and it begins to form into a cake. It begins to form into something when you take it out and it's completed and you cut that open, it's something that's delightful, it's something that's pleasing. You don't taste the bitterness any longer. You only taste the goodness, the fullness, the sweet, something that it was, wasn't there with those elements that were aside all on their own. And so I want to encourage you with this. Have a higher perspective today. Have a complete perspective of the eternal God that we serve, knowing that he is just, that he is merciful. He is a God of wrath, but he is a God of love. He is all these things. But when you go through the seasons where it seems uncertain, when you go through the seasons of testing in the midst of this, allow, allow God to do exactly what he's doing so you can see him revealed. You can allow your heart that may have been hardened to be melted before the Lord, to be purified and to be refined so that the elements that are coming at you, perhaps they feel like they're bitter. 
Perhaps they feel like they're bitter herbs that are coming to your mouth, to your taste, and you don't want them. You only want the good. You want to go to the parks. You want to be able to have fun. You want to do what you did before. When you have those, those scenarios and all of a sudden God's saying, I want your attention. I want to show you my love right now. Allow him to minister to you. Allow him to show you that he's building a beautiful cake. Allow him to show you that you're not done yet. Allow him to show you you can't throw out the bitterness because it won't make a proper cake. It'll be deflated. Take every part that he has for you. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your wrath and your justice and all that you are, your power. God, I pray during this season that all those that are listening, all those that are watching, all those that are concerned for their lives, God, I pray that they would be those that love not this world or love not their lives unto death, not in a foolish sense, but in a perfect sense, knowing that we are owned by you, that we are cherished by you, and that we are being put on a path, not of destruction, not on a path that is for evil, but one that is for good one that is for life, one that is for eternal life. God, I pray that we would be able to come up higher, that you would reveal your heart to us again and again and again and grant us peace in the midst of crisis, peace in the midst of storm, peace in the midst of trial and adversity. But Lord, let us be quick to run to you when what is revealed is not so pretty, that you would cleanse us and cleanse us and cleanse us again by your blood and the washing of the water by your word. Renew us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I encourage you to find some time just asking the Lord to reveal what's in your heart. Don't wait until it gets kicked out of your bucket. Don't wait until it comes out and you make a mess. Allow him to deal with your heart right now. Take a moment in your home, in your bedroom, in your car. And just allow the Lord to administer his spirit to you to bring conviction. Conviction's not a bad thing. It's not a curse. It's an act of mercy. It's an act of his undying love for us. So find a place and do that. But know that it is his heart to establish and continue placing his love all over your life. God bless you.